Every week, we do a Q&A with interesting and accomplished members of the adaptive community to find how they persevered, how they innovated, how they built communities, and how they found solutions. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast. Today, we have Joe Beganik, who is from Ride Designs. He makes the seats for just about all of the top skiers in the world. That's how I know Joe. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Chris. This is awesome. I know I was I was starting to say Joe Joe probably knows me a little bit better than than he probably should. He probably knows knows my butt better than he really should. This is <laughs> this is a pretty intimate process for you, but it's actually intimate for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah, it it is. Um, the reason is because when you when you're sitting somebody, when people build, they're just building like these amazing, amazing ski rigs out there that do all, all kinds of things. And kind of the last thing that people think about is how do I how do I put this person safely on it? And so coming in as an orthotist, um, doing doing seating as an orthotist, you have to take into account all the all the bony areas that are on the pelvis and to keep those areas safe. And so Intimacy, yep, you have to know it. You have to know where those sit bones are. You have to know where the tailbone is. And, and you have to relieve for those areas. And that's exactly what we do in our wheelchair cushions too when we make those. But, but that's, that's the big part of it. So, Right, because the big risk, when I was in the hospital, it was always about make sure you do a pressure relief every 15 minutes because you don't want a skin breakdown. Because if you get a spin, skin breakdown, then you can be lying on your stomach for two, three, four, six months, whatever it is, to wait for that to heal. So yep. when you're when you're in a position where you're putting extreme pressure and loads on, on, on your seat and on those sit bones and they don't have the atrophy, how do you, and they don't have the muscles to support, I guess they have the atrophy, but they don't have the muscles. How do you approach keeping people keeping people safe. Yeah. So, so it goes back into the same thing we were just talking about too, is that it's a, it ends up being just a really, really intimate shape of the pelvis that we have to capture. And so we have a technique, we have a technique for, for um, there's a couple of different ones that we use, but the ones that we're using lately are shape capture bags where we capture the pelvis and we, we identify where those bony areas are on, on the, on the skeleton. And then, um, through that, we do a we do a 3D scan and a buildup of that of that model, and then we we go in and then we carve we we carve a cushion to to fit that. You're absolutely right. You know, a skiing environment is is one of the probably one of the most critical because you have so many. First off, you're you're using all of these all of these um, waist straps and everything else and ratchet straps, and we're ratcheting in and ratcheting down. And if you don't have those bony areas offloaded. All that pressure to lock you in goes right to those bony areas, which can, can cause big, big issues with skin. Exactly. And then you're talking about layers of clothing. And what I was amazed about in working with you, because, you know, sort of you think, OK, well, what I need to do is I need to pad those places where the bones are. But you're actually like replacing the muscles in a lot of ways. So that then the weight is not on the bones; it's where it would be if you had muscles, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the, that is the trick of it too. And it's the same thing. You know, we, we're using the same against the same technology that we're using in our wheelchair cushions. So, you know, if it was just about offloading, you know, getting the weight off those bony areas, 
uh, my business partner says that that would be really simple. He talks about it in our, in our certification class. It's simple because you could just take a toilet seat and put a toilet seat anywhere and, and, the, and the problem solved. But it's not that simple because you have to you have to really address those areas that are that are good, that are tolerant and those areas that are that you're going to not necessarily move the weight to, but the weight that's going to be supported in those in those areas, like the the proximal thighs, just just the head of the sitting bones. We call the cantal support the back behind the behind the tailbone and behind the ischial tuberosities. That's the area where we really really get in not only lock the pelvis in, but make it, make it safe because only then when we have those areas safely loaded in those areas, can we then scoop away and protect the skin below. Right, so protecting the skin is one part of it. You're also protecting the skin in a dynamic manner yeah. where there is, there is movement to each side, there's movement for and aft, there are other forces there. I mean, what, in a turn, you can, you can pull one, two, three, I don't know, Tyler supposedly was pulling like four G's or something like that in a turn. So you've got that dynamic part, but then you need the performance too, right? So, so it's one, it's safety. And then how does, how does your seating affect the performance of the athletes? So, so again, it's, it's looking at every, every in injury level differently when, when people come in for a ski. So so if it's a higher injury level, we may have to we may have to intervene higher with maybe an abdominal panel and work our way work our way um, down through. But the whole idea of that is once you well, on the abdominal panel panel, I've got to stop you. That's your six pack, right? Is that what you're talking about? The ab abdominal. So this yeah. is for those of us who no longer have control of our stomach muscles that you're giving us a six pack back with this yeah. with this strap that comes around our waist. Yes, exactly, exactly, because. Everything, everything below the injury, everything below the injury, you really want to hold that to whatever, what, whatever machine or whatever, whether it's a ski or whether it's a hand cycle or whatever, all of that, we, we, I, I talk about it as unwanted movement. So when you have, when you have a paralysis below that level, you know, you start making a, a, a turn really fast and if somebody didn't have their knee hood on, you would actually see their knees moving if their fitting was bad. And those are all unwanted movements and unwanted unwanted um as you try to start a turn or, or go the other way if all of that is moving around it's a very i don't know if we could say a sloshy turn or whatever but it's not very it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not precise and so it doesn't allow you to use what you have above that injury level to to um steer or even feedback i mean i've, I've heard early on from one of the champions that i worked with that once he started sitting in our our insert he felt the snow for the first time skiing, which was pretty amazing. Exactly, because you're what 18, 20 inches off the ground, basically parallel to the snow, really yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're talking about is when when you make that movement, you want that to translate into a movement in your ski. Yes. So if there is that slosh, then yeah, I can move and I can create this angulation. But if the ski's not moving, then I'm not creating any edge angle, which is the ultimate goal and, and my control, my ability to be aggressive, et cetera, et cetera. Am I, am I the most difficult customer that you've had? Uh, no. <laughs> the prima donna who comes in and, and well, I want this, Joe. And how about if we do that? You know, of course, Chris, of course, Chris. <laughs> 
when did you want that today yes yes chris can i leave with it this afternoon kind of thing yeah. yes yeah we'll get it we'll get it done for you yeah no you know everybody everybody presents their presents their own posture their own, everybody, everybody's just very unique and i think that's why you can't find the magic seat out there right that's why everything has to be addressed addressed individually so exactly and so it's individual but it's also like you're dealing with with athletes on one side and then on the other side you're dealing with with seating for people who are who are higher level injuries who have, who have really limited mobility where skin breakdown is is such a huge problem because they don't have the ability to offload that weight and give the skin a chance to recover yeah. but what what what's the attraction because i think in some ways like the like the the more clinical stuff is, is sort of more of what would be the traditional business kind of thing where is the sport more of like the f1 kind of uh, kind of investment yeah it 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 is it is and i've also i've also uh, just really um met a lot of people that have the same interest in this too so we've built we've built a pretty good team around it and we've just we've just applied it to we've applied it to Applied it to all things, and certainly, certainly early on, you know, sports started with our company in 2005. It's, it's about the time that we ended up getting this breathable foam. We don't we don't use that anymore. We, we've actually we've moved to a, a better a better product since then. But in in 2005, we had this this uh, it was this new method of capturing a shape, capture, capturing a very intimate shape, and having this this uh, this beaded material and Really, that was that was kind of the kind of the uh, the, the the start of all of that. And um, every time that I played with sports, I'd always get like an eyebrow from the from the board and from everything else because I should have been I probably should have been you know focusing more on seating. And so I really to keep it going and to keep everything going, I I actually started doing more sports on evenings and weekends just because I knew it really had a place. And I also saw. I saw just the difference when, you know, when people were out doing sports activities, I mean, it's just such a, such a big part, you know, with the, with the disability to just get, get people out, get people outdoors. And so that was a, that was a big, big push of it too, because I, I could see that and just wanted to help with that mission. So. Right. Because it does make such a big difference as we were yeah. talking about in terms of safety, but also in terms of performance. And for those of us, who are who have a bit of a scoliosis? You can help us get to a place where where we can be more square, and yes. so where the turn to the left is the same as the yeah. turn to the right, and yes. where we can actually move. You know, which is which performance wise is is a yeah. huge, yeah. huge deal. Yeah. How did how did that happen for you? The idea of getting into the sport into sports did it. Did you pursue it on your own? Did somebody come to you and say, "Hey, I have this idea"? Well, it's it. It always was. It always was an idea. It was an idea, but I just had. I didn't have. The, I didn't have the method to do it. I didn't have that. It was we we uh, we found and we uh, patented this this material, this impression foam, and I knew that when we when we were able to fill that shell and get somebody's butt shape right in that shell, I knew that with all the materials that I had early on. That that it it certainly would be possible, and I remember that the first person the first person I worked with I could probably mention his name can I 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so uh, Scott Meyer, who ends up being a good friend, and and uh, you know, I had a shell that didn't fit him and whatever. And he came into the shop and he goes, "Joe, Joe, I just want this. I want. I just want to ski. I just want to ski. You know, I just want to go out and build it." So I went, "Okay, I I can do that." So he brought his he brought his ski in and it was it was a shell that didn't fit him at all. Uh, it was an old old uh, old shell and but anyway i was able to get the model and everything else and i look i look at the pictures of that today and i've made every mistake on that ski but somehow he was safe safe enough on it to go out and go out and ski and have it have a great time and it's a really interesting story because it was like it was like three years later he's on the u.s paralympic ski team you know so it was just just a great so but yeah so that, that was it it's putting putting all of that together Putting all of that together and in the history of skis i mean we got, we got to touch on that a little bit too you know just the seating postures you know going through you know just going through the years from 2005 till now so what do you mean by that this is the seating so, postures so what, what was interesting we, there was a couple of things that happened you know with with um with when i when i got onto the scene there was there was um the kind of the skis that were just really popular at the time, Kevin Bramble's Kevin Bramble ski with the uh, the big the big metal snowplow out in front, quick bite, and um, and then the uh, the um, the Yeti the Yeti was 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 still there. I met I met uh, I think it was a couple of years at uh, Winter Sports Clinic, and I met the Goodmans, and then um, um, the in Proshberger, of course Proshberger and and um, um, I, I'm missing one that's that's Initial. right there. Tessier, Tessier too. Tessier, Tessier, yeah, yeah Tessier has been there. But all of them, all of them, when when people did seating, and again, I think it was because because seating, the seating wasn't the best in those, and that people were just trying to pad them out and get as tight as possible. That everything was like you you saw all those skis, like the knees were just way up in the air and very um, kind of like basketball seating way back in the day. Everything everything was everything was just this huge seat slope. And that was so that people wouldn't get stuck going forward, you know, when they're when they're skiing or doing whatever. And so it was really interesting with with uh, Chris Young. He was one of the first uh, elite athletes that I that I worked with, and I had to chase him down to try to try this stuff too. That was that's another whole other story. Maybe you had to day. chase him down. Well, so I had to chase him. He wasn't I, asking you to do something for him. No, I mean after I was successful with Scott Meyer, I needed I needed to get to the next level. I needed to get to the next level of athlete to um, to try this stuff out, try this crazy stuff out, and so I met him at the Winter Sports Clinic, and that was in 2005, and and uh, I met him, I exchanged phone numbers with him, and then um, I immediately tried to start started uh, just hounding him. I mean, like to the point where maybe maybe he could have turned me in, but I knew <laughs> this was my this was my opportunity to really test the material and have have somebody because he, he had it. He had he had an issue, you know. There was there was uh, some things he was looking for better seating for his his uh, his KBG with a Yeti bucket. You know, he just had the, all of this this combination stuff going on, and he had had um, some things that needed to be solved. And I knew I could fix I knew I could fix that. And so um, I called him pretty much the whole entire weekend, probably ten or twelve times a day, and. Uh, um, Finally, I think accidentally answered his phone and he had to talk to me. And he said, no, Joe, I can't do that. I've got, I'm leaving for Aspen. I'm going, going to this place, whatever. I said, you know, Chris, when are you going to the airport? And he said, ah, oh, you know, I'm just really busy. I gotta, I gotta get there and, you know, I gotta check in. And I said, 
what time are you going to be there? I'll pick you up. <laughs> so, so I met him at the airport and I, I, I'm sure he had, you know, just the look in his face. It's like, uh, who is this guy? You know? <laughs> so he, but he's this crazy back. stalker. Did you tell him you used to be a cop too? <laughs> no, I didn't tell him at that time. No, no, but, but I knew how to do it. But yeah. Yeah. But, but so, so I got him to the shop, you know, and that's really kind of the whole thing. You know that, you know, when you get here, when you get here, then you go, okay, okay. It just really helps tell the story, you know? So, so um, it was really funny. Then he agreed, he agreed to it. And, and uh, that's when, that's when I really had to, had to uh, um, just really pull, pull everything together. And uh, he came back in a town, it was like two weeks later and he was having his rods taken out. It, it, he broke them skiing. And so he was having his rods, rods taken out. And he was down in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Center. And uh, so every day I'd go down and pick him up. And it was like two days after the surgery. And so, so the surgeon, if he would have known that, probably would have. But, but that's the time we had, you know, to get him, to get him out and skiing. So, so we, uh, I, I would go down there from, from Denver. I mean, it's an hour. You go down, and pick him up and bring him up here, do a full day of fittings and whatever. And, but before we started, he even made me watch like, like ski turns videos and everything, you know? So, so I really understood what a turn was, but, but again, that's where that ski was so dumped, right? It was so dumped. His knees were so high up in the air, but the amazing thing with just the fit in that, um, when we got that fit, that was, that was a year after that, that he, he um, started beating the field by six seconds, right. you know, and that's, that's huge. That's huge. You know, so, so it's like, you can, and, and, and with that too. And so, so what, where I wanted to go with that was if it's okay. I'll just keep going. Yeah, please go keep going. This is interesting. <laughs> okay. So, so if you, if you think about knees, knees way up in the air, what we found is that you know, when people are in that dumped position like that, to initiate and to get your body weight forward to get the ski to, to initiate a turn was difficult to do when your knees are in the way. And so I, I totally understood it because we do it in wheelchair seating. As soon as we start bringing knees down, we have to stop the body from going forward, right? And that's what we do with the abdominal panel. So that's how we keep, keep and we started opening up more and more and more and started getting the lap more level. And the more we did that, the more the more effective the turns were that, that, that um, the ski, look at me with my hands. This is what Chris has taught me, right? Exactly. <laughs> Every skier talks with their hands. When you initiate that turn, when you initiate that turn, that weight, that weight shift forward and back on a ski was, was so much bigger when the lap was flat. And that's really what we saw throughout, throughout the years. And, and the only way that would be possible is with a better fit, you know, because without it, people would fall forward you just you you wouldn't finish a race so so that, that was really kind of when i when i think of the aha of of what happened um i i still see skiers you know just i mean ski companies building there's a lot of dumping skis and you'll what you'll see is i think that a lot of people with higher injuries are skiing those you know like crossburgers and whatever but that's that's just my of course i'm not a doctor and i'm, I'm an orthodontist you know so that's just my that's my opinion but yeah Right, but it is in a performance level. It makes it easier to do the necessary movements, the yes. skiing specific movements, and yes. to and to supplement and complement the muscles that you actually have. So, exactly. so it's far more it's far yep. more efficient. So you stalked Chris Young <laughs> effectively. 
Yeah, I, I'm not real proud of it. But I'm, I'm I'm okay with it now. We're we're both okay with it. So, <laughs> but, but it really it really had to happen. It had to happen. And so so um, when I started building, I, I've got we could we could do we could do just we could do a, a lot of podcasts just on on just the events that happened in the shop with with Chris. But, um, but it was it was I knew that if I could just get somebody at that level in trying it and because it wasn't just me it wasn't just me i was learning right i learned everything that we built i mean the first time before he, he had a ski system that really went out and skied well um we built three three of them you know so there's a lot of mistakes there was a lot of mistakes that we made and so i think we agreed to i, I was going to keep it quiet for a year give him a year advantage and then um or at least at least only for the u.s ski team because the u.s whole u.s ski team was coming in proceeding but um, but not he didn't want me to give it to other countries yet. So I waited waited a whole year for that for that to happen. And he he told me he said you know after we got done with all of this, he goes because well the first first key we built the the um, we just had a knee hood and the and the um, uh, just a plastic in, uh, cover made from his shape that locked his knees in, and then the custom insert. And then we met, went with the whole custom shell whole leg cover and then and his whole goal was like you said joe i don't want to move i don't want to move he said everything i do i want to the ski so i went and i found this found this better plastic that was uh i can't remember what it was called anymore but it's some sort of high density polyethylene and and i think they make snowmobile skis out of it i mean it's just really durable stuff there's no flexing in it whatsoever and i made him a full system out of that and he went out and skied and he came back and he goes yeah you did it I couldn't move and I couldn't ski. <laughs> so, so we had to back off again. We had to back off again. But you know, you have to make have to make all those mistakes in order to in order to um, you know just come up with the winning the winning combination there. So so but it was that 2006 seven that he started, you know, he wasn't finishing races prior to this. He was very fast, but he was so unconnected that you know he'd he'd be too fast, he'd try to save a turn and he couldn't save it. And um, so, so with the, with the connection, with the connection, you could ski that fast and you could, you could pull out a turn or something went bad. You could, you could recover, cover more often. So. So after you started, after you stalked him, how long was it before the athletes started breaking your door down that this demand became so huge? Yeah, it, it. um, so the ski team right away. And, and that was one of the things he said. He said, people will come here from all over the world. And I didn't believe him, you know, I mean, but, but he's, he's absolutely right. I mean, we have the Polish ski team. We have, we have you know, every, everybody's, but, but I think it was probably about year, year three, they got tired of Chris winning, you know, having the advantage. So, so they just, people start figuring out how to do it, you know, and I, I gotta say too, you know, that the, um, you know, just the uh, the nonprofits out there that are really helping athletes out um, is it's really amazing. You know, with high fives and challenge athlete and Kelly Brush, um, it's just really I think it's just really helpful. You know, this stuff is really expensive. It's really expensive to fit these things. You know, I mean, to get on the snow by the time you buy a a really good mono ski, a set of skis, some 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 uh, you know. Outriggers, yeah, outriggers, everything that you need. You're you're looking at ten thousand dollars just to get on the snow, you know. Easily. So I mean, yeah, 
yeah, and that's with I mean, of course, that's, that's with a full custom. That's with a full custom too. But but that's 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 a big that's a big number. It's more than my car's worth, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the one. You're the one that's got the yeah, the uh, the twenty thousand dollar hand cycle on top of the three thousand dollar car, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is it. Your your car is now six six plus times more expensive than it was before because you put this piece of equipment in there, right? Right, right. Yep. But yep. But so other people started doing it. Other other orthotists started doing it. How? how did that work how did the market end up working yeah so so there was i, I know that i know that um japan was doing um a custom like a, a custom bucket and somehow somebody took a video of it i was able to watch it and then i was figuring out why it wasn't working well um but um there, there really isn't there isn't a lot of places that are that are doing this I know for the, the U.S. hockey team, it's probably the ones that I don't, I think I have like three or four, three or four hockey um, players, but usually, usually when I get one person, I get the whole team, like, like um, basketball, I think next year for the U.S. basketball team, because we just had the, the you know, the head, the, the captain in this year, and we, we built him a shell, and he, he was like, wow, this is, this is game changer, it's too bad it's my last last Paralympics. <laughs> so well, he's going to get into skiing, I think. Yeah. Well, if he gets into skiing, I'll take care of him. You know, you'll have to come with him. So with, with us, I, I mean, I don't know of a lot of places. There is a simpler, there's a simpler solution for people to enter into skiing that we can try out. It's, it's a, it's a, it's called a fit kit that fits into ski shells. That's kind of an entry level that a lot of programs that people, people just check into. I mean, I think, I think they're probably at every one of the ski programs now. A fit kit with some hip guides that can really do some pretty good positioning for people but describe that a little bit like like the so you get the pelvic tilt on the fit kit and, and what you're able to do so if you can imagine this down in the bottom of the of the ski shell this area up in front this bump up here is called the thigh rock so this is the front and then this is this back part in here is where the pelvis sits and can i show the pelvis okay Here's my laundry. So when the pelvis sits in here, it creates this, it creates this um, bucket kind of where the sitting bones are not completely offloaded in there, but it creates a really nice, a really nice, um, a nice area for, for the ischials to sit in. There's kind of a, a little bit of a speed bump there too to help hold you in. And then also the femurs, if, if you look at this, the femurs out in the side, the weight gets transferred. So it's like it's almost like you get a wider base of support when you put this when you put this thigh rock component in there. So, um, and it puts the athlete in a stronger position as well. So you're more balanced. A lot of people wouldn't know this that that if you're it's kind of like if your pelvis is sort of sort of rolled underneath. You know, if you're if you're on top of your pelvis, then it's kind of like being on your toes. It's like being in in basketball, right? Where you can yeah. like play defense or something. Yeah. But if you're kind of leaning posterior. back with your pelvis yeah. in front, yeah. then then you can't really you can't really move, and you can't move forward, you can't move backwards, you can't move side to side. So yeah, yeah. And, and that's the hardest thing when learning how to ski is going to a program and getting into a ski and getting a good fit so that you can actually ski. I mean, it's probably analogous to 
people are going and getting like, especially back in the day with old like rental boots or whatever that didn't fit at all. And right. they're fitting like a pair of high tops, right? So you're, exactly. you're trying to make yeah. a turn in a pair of high tops and it's not really working out too well. Right, right. Yeah. And so, so, and that, that was a big, that was a big part too, with people even just selecting, selecting a ski frame, right? A lot of times they probably were even selecting the wrong mono ski, but because the fit was better, they could, they could ski it better. You know, so so that that fit becomes really really critical, really critical. Even if even if somebody's going out and they're they're seriously considering, you know, purchasing a mono ski that's really expensive, you want to buy the right one. You want to ski one that you can ski up to, you know, so one that you can ski well, but then also gives you some room to to you know advance. Um, so, but that's that that was a huge part of it is that people would go in and they would ask for a mono ski because of the bucket not because of the model ski, you know, and programs. So, so, but, but that was one of the things that, that this whole thing got us into as well is, is making ski shells that we can fit onto mono skis. And um, there's, there's a lot of materials out there that people use and different things. And, and we've, we've stayed um, true to uh, just the plastic that, that we use. And we, we, we use kind of a flexible, the flexible plastic that holds up Holds up in plastics, and when people close it up with all the straps and everything else, it becomes kind of like a ski boot. It really makes it rigid in that aspect. But when you let the straps go, it opens up so people can get in and out a lot easier. And I've had people where I've made custom inserts into some of the fiberglass shells and different things, and and I've I've uh, witnessed people jumping in, hitting those sharp edges, and just just slicing their skin right at their trochee and um, I, the guy, the guy that transferred in, I was actually holding the shell, holding the ski from behind, and it hit my hit my thumb, my thinner eminence right here, and I, I, you know, I felt it, and I was like, that hurt, but I looked at my hand and I saw blood, right, and it wasn't mine, oh. it wasn't mine, oh, so no. that that ended that fitting, but but that's what I'm talking about, you know, too, you have to you know, just the materials, the materials themselves too, you have to, but but anyway, yeah, this this the fit kit. The fit kit really helps, and then um, I haven't seen a lot of people getting into sports as well because, and I think there's a reason for that too. I mean, for the sports fitting for what for what we do, you know, it's, we're we're kind of like the boot fitter, butt fitters, is that um, there there really isn't money in it. I mean, that's that's the thing too. So like, if somebody had to set a facility up to do the types of things that that we're doing for sports. And you had to survive on sports. I don't think I don't think it's possible. So because it's something that we have it for, you know, building all of our our custom backs for wheelchairs. You know, we're we're putting a lot of those out. We have we have um, the carvers for for our wheelchair cushions. So I'm just sliding our projects in, you know, and and it's still is expensive. Don't get me wrong, it's expensive, but it's it's not enough to create revenue or generate. So I think that's probably why, why you're, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it out there, but it, for us, it's just really fortunate. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to have it here. So. Well, you're fortunate, but you also, you push this, you wanted to make this happen and it's become a reality. One of the big stories to come out of the summer games was Marcel Hoog's chair uh, from Switzerland. I don't know if you watched the, the wheelchair racing from, from Tokyo, but 
got a bunch of companies and and also when you talk about nonprofits there's a there's a nonprofit fund in Switzerland that was helpful in putting money into creating the next generation of right. wheelchair you know which right. had you know at some point it, the, the numbers that I'd heard were 35 40,000 dollars that went into <laughs> it obviously you're talking about R&D money you're talking about a carbon fiber shell that yep. you have to create a mold in order, you know, so that there are things that are, it's less expensive the next time. But what's interesting to me is the investment that a company makes into pushing that technology. Where do you feel like you fit in that, in that technology arc for the sport? Yeah. So, so I, I think that we're, we're still, you know, when, when you think of, you know, I, I would like the fact that we don't build any of the mechanical things, none, none of the mechanical things. And I'd be very okay if somebody just came to us and said, all I want is just the, the inserts to go into this, the, the seat insert, the leg inserts, everything else. And that, that would be fine with me. And I would, I'd love to love to take it because our materials are so light. I mean, our, our, our cushions, even our wheelchair cushions are less than two pounds, you know, so, so it's a super light, super light material. Um, but but we we probably you know I know of some other companies too I can't mention that but some other companies that are that are building and working on some things and I've heard the numbers on those and there's you know unless unless you're uh, you know that those companies with with just the endless checkbook and you know taking it on as a front front project I'm hoping that yeah I'm hoping that that technology and if Chris if if Really, if there's technology out there, and if somebody ends up doing this better than us, then then that's then that's great, and it's mission accomplished too. You know, so so I, I don't we, we're not going to be able to enter into you know building wheels and and frames and and all of that. No, but, but, uh, no. But what I was saying is that you're 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 playing an important role yeah. in in locking people into a position. Yeah. I remember one of the first times that I went there. There was a guy there who who was a race car driver. Oh yeah, who worked for you, and he yeah. said that that you guys built him a seat. Yeah, and and he was seconds faster, like yeah. on on each lap because because he wasn't moving, which kind of makes sense, right? You're right. making left turn, left turn, and you're yeah. sliding further and further on the seat, yeah. which is effectively what's happening in the sport as well, where you're sliding away from center and then you have to compensate for that and it causes a different. So playing, playing that, I mean, yeah, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a small part of what's going on because it's not the mechanical part in your eyes, but it yeah. can also be a really big part of what's going on because it is the entire foundation yes. of the athlete. And so, 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 you know, saying that, that if somebody was just doing sports stuff, the business wouldn't be around because there's not the return to do it. But how, you know, my, my question is really like, what do you see as your role in kind of, in kind of pushing that technology? Because yeah, it can get lighter. It can get a, yeah. you know, it can get a, a more, a better fit. I mean, I still want to, I still want to get together with you and, and build a, build a wheelchair seat that is all part of the wheelchair, right? That it's yeah. all, that it's all one piece that we don't have. And, getting closer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting closer. Okay. I haven't been there. This whole COVID thing has been a problem. Yeah. Kind of in our way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't no, been able I, to get there to bug you. Yeah. I'll have to renew your uh, NDA so I can take you around. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We can do that. We can do that. But, but what, you know, how do you see that? Because, because in, in some ways, I'm sure you're fighting with your board, maybe not fighting with your board. Maybe that's not the right, but there might be a little, a little give and take in terms of why are you spending all that time? Why are you spending all that money on sport? But but the part of, of that curve of making it, making it better, how do you feel, what do you feel like your role is with regard to the athletes, with regard to the sports? Well, I, I, you know, it's, it's the sports really that can open your eyes. I think for the next thing that we do in next thing that we do in wheelchairs, really, you know, I, I pull that from, I pull that from, from everything. So, um, It's, you, you know, you're, you're right. You know, technology, there's, there's a couple of different reasons and a couple of different places where you get pushed, pushed in this field is that um, our funding just for our regular products are, are unfortunately, you know, every year, every year there's cuts. So, so, so we get forced to two places, two places to really try to stay ahead of the curve, ahead of the curve of that, because you, because you know we've never we've never had Medicare or Medicaid come to us and say, hey, we've had a windfall this year. Um, you know we're we're uh, we're going to up our up our prices. Uh, on the contrary, it goes the other way. So so that also forces us to create. And unfortunately, there's a lot of things we can't build because we know that it just can't get funded. And it, it's really sad because you can't. The first thing you have to ask people today when you're when you're building something, we we sit in our meetings and we go, well, can we get it paid for? And if the answer is no, the answer is no. Unfortunately, no matter how great it is, it's out the door, you know. So that that's 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 too bad. So that's one thing that pushes it. But it's also when when we create a product because the new sports cushions are from the wheelchair cushion, you know. So so constantly looking for that better material, um, constantly looking for a better design, a better way to build it, you know hopefully we can find a cheaper way to build it so we can pass those costs on because I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make a living on sports either that's the other part of it you know with the company we don't have to do that which is really fortunate but we do have to pay that that portion of the that that portion of it but so am I answering that correctly I mean am I no I think it? I think you are I mean part of this I think is that I'm patting you on the back for the investment that you've made in sports uh, assuming that the vast majority of the sports equipment that you are putting out, the sports cushions and seats and yeah. those kinds of things are, are effectively subsidized yeah. by you yeah. guys to, to make it possible for the athletes to be able to, to be able to compete and to compete well. But it's also, you see, you see the competition getting better. You saw yes. Chris, when he got right. that seat and he said, well, don't give these other guys the seat for a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to have this, I want to have this head start yeah. on them. And, but, but that's an important part of the step. And, and you're saying that somebody else might come in and be able to do it easier, but you also have some systems with, with, with the computer imaging, with the lathe, where you're able to replicate what you've done before Yep. So, so that it's not left to that it's not left to hand yes. to to figure it out. So it makes that system a whole lot easier. Yeah, it does. What does it feel like for you to go and watch these athletes 
athletes that you've helped, you know, whether it's in skiing, I mean, you've got like a Matt Updike that you worked with a fair amount in cycling. Yep. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got basketball players, you've got tennis players, you've got people who are just in their everyday chairs too, because, because yep. part of it for you is, is when you look at, because I've seen this, when you look at somebody, you want them to be straight, you know, you want the, yep. you want to fix it. You're not sitting right. We need to fix this. Yeah. What's that like for you to see the athletes, to see the people sitting, to see the change in them? Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is, it is amazing. I, I feel like I should mention some other people that work with me too. I, I'm going to have to do that. Um, yeah, but, please. Well, well, Kendra Betts, Kendra Betts, who works for that, um, for the VA system, national office, you know, she, she and I pretty much, you know, just, you know, she, she has a huge interest in sports stuff too. And I think that was one of the things that after, you know, that introduced me to Chris, you know, so I think I had her permission to stock him too. So, <laughs> so you have an accomplice. Okay. All yeah, right. Accomplice. But, but um, so, so when, when we got, well, the, the other thing I wanted to mention just first was that, was that just when I watch, when I watch somebody like before and after they have our system, my eye does not watch necessarily what's happening with the turn or what's happening with the cranks or everything else. My eyes are trained to go to something else. And it's, it's that word I told you, or that, that what I said before was it, it's that unwanted movement. When I see the body locked to the machine and all the energy, whether it's a recumbent bike, an upright bike or whatever, when I see everything move, that person does not move on the frame at all. That's, that's success. And that's, that's really rewarding. And, and you can, you can see it like with Nordic, Nordic skiing. Oh my goodness. What a, what a big, that's a big, that's a big win. You know, I always said that if you could stop just that little bit, because you can watch in some of those Nordic skis where the fitting's bad, you can watch somebody slide in that bucket, you know, two, three inches. Well, I, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, but it really doesn't matter if they're not locked in, they're not getting the energy down to the snow from the poles. And I don't know all the terms. I don't know that. I just know the, you know the cushions, but I told, I told one of the first elite Nordic people I worked with that said, if I can get you that far, you know, just a couple of inches further on every push that you're doing, what would that add up to? Right. Yeah. So, and that, and that, that really, that really was it. But so when I go out and watch people, um, a lot of times I'm, I'm with the team, I'm with the team too. So it's Kendra and then she has a, she has a seating team too, that we work out at that national disabled veterans winter sports clinic. We work at sport we work at, um, Ski spec every year. Um, these are just annual events that we go out to, and we we do we do seating, meet a lot of people, and help tune people up for the year too. But but it's it's uh, I, I share that with it's it's kind of with the team, Chris. I can't be just it can't be just just me. I'm sure. Um, right. No. No. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's always team. <laughs> it's always team. So so. But that's. That's that's a big part. And I'll tell you as I as I get older, as I get older, um, I used to stand and watch um, the the alpine ski racing, and uh, thank goodness I got boot heaters, you know, for my ski boots. <laughs> that really was a game changer because when you're just standing there, like you know, I'm absolutely amazed, but you know, I've got to, I've got to know to go in because my toes are going to be black, right? <laughs> so so the boot boot heaters really helped helped a lot of years. And then, uh, but I'm telling you, sailing, sailing is becoming my gig. I, I am, I am probably, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things, you know, another, 
another environment than a place where, where we have done a lot of good, but um, that, that just seems just so much more comfortable to me than um, standing on a ski hill um, is, is being in a boat somewhere, you know, perhaps uh, Coconut Grove down in Miami or whatever, you know, whether it's Harry's program or with, uh, with uh, Paul Callahan in Newport, you know? So I don't know, I guess, you know, maybe it's work smarter is that, does that apply to what I do? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's good that you're working smarter. And, <laughs> and obviously, I mean, I've worked with you there. I've worked with Matt there, uh, you know, and, and, you know, so, so yeah, they're definitely most definitely as a team. I'm just yeah. talking more about the appreciation when you see the yeah. movements done better, yeah. when yeah. you see yeah. the expenditure of energy going yeah. into forward movement, like with the yeah. cross country ski. Yeah as opposed to yep. going into that. Because cross country, I mean, to me, is a sport that can be super, super frustrating that, yeah. you know, I, I go around a turn and go, well, I was sort of going fast. And now I'm, I feel like I'm about to be going backwards. Like, right. this yep. is a really, this can be a really hard sport. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 true. It's true, you know, and and I, I work with a lot of people that can give some amazing feedback on what's happening, even though they can't feel it. You know, I, I work I work a lot with uh, Jeff Krill, mm -hmm. and you know he's a high injury level. He's a T4 T4 para, and and that guy, you know, well, you know, he's such a seating geek anyway. So everything he uses all these uh, seating or skiing terms, you know, and I don't know. I think he writes the test, doesn't he? Write the test for everybody too for, but. but um, the adaptive PSIA, I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like he's throwing all those terms at me, you know, like I've, I'm supposed to understand that. Right. So, so I got to ask a lot of questions so we can communicate. But, but he has like these, you know, um, just these micro movements that he's able to do with just, you know, above, above the injury level. We have an abdominal panel, everything else the on. T4 is like nipples, basically. Yeah. Right? yeah absolutely. Level, absolutely. Yeah. And so he goes, well, I can't drop my hip as easily as, you know, on this thing. So we go and we try something, whatever. And he goes, yeah, that was it. But now I can't, you know, so, so it's like you're fine tuning. And it's just really amazing to me that, that somebody can be that in tune with the rest of their body and get, get that performance. I mean, we finally got it dialed in, but now the, the ski just looks so, I mean, it, it's really an ancient insert. So I'm really trying to get him out here this summer to do another, another fitting for him, but but very, very amazing. Just very amazing to to watch that, to watch that, and see that happen, and you know, just see the see the differences. So it it is. I mean, because it is it is a performance instrument. I mean, one you know, as we started with, it's about keeping you safe. It's about minimizing skin breakdown or eliminating skin breakdown. Really, is what you're trying to do. Exactly. And but also, but also the performance. Are there some things we were talking about before you before we came on here watching Trevor Kinnison? You haven't seen it yet. He was at the X Games and went, I don't know, 35, 40, 50 feet off the ground and flew for like 90 feet. And he's in he's in your in your seat, which which in some ways then I mean that's got to be distributing the weight when he lands because there's a fairly decent shock when he lands. What do you think when you see this? I mean, there's some crazy things that are happening out there and you're sort of tasked with keeping people safe. Yeah, so, so Matt, um, 
Matt Matt no longer works here. He took it took a took a job as a as a PTP uh, for New Motion. So so but um, but he he was working with Trevor and um, Trevor, you know the, I think the biggest thing there is that the guy is pressing limits so far that he was he was actually breaking breaking our ski shell. And so so um, in the past we we did this and we did that for um, was the, the guy from Alaska here on the team uh, 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 Kirka yeah Kirka also would would break the ski shell so we we uh, ended up doing this double bottom laminate on the bottom and it ends up to be like a half inch thick plastic down there and um so the last ski shell and I'm actually glad I gave gave that uh uh Scott Scott Olson ran it up to Trevor and helped him mount it on a ski but that one had a double bottom in it and when I see this jump I'm going to be really happy to see that he had you know, to know that he had that very thick bottom on there because that is one of the things that if you take that huge big impact on there in fact for some of the skis we're even putting metal plates now on the frame in between the ski bucket to really to really help with that too but but that's all performance i mean you you wouldn't have done i mean i know this guy's fearless but but you know would he have done that would he have done that without without as good of a as good of a fit you know i don't i don't know um but but I guess I guess we could ask you the same thing. Would you have done that jump back? <laughs> I was never very good in the air, Joe. I, I, I wouldn't have done that jump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that would have been the last thing I ever did, probably, if I'd done that jump. I, right. Yeah. Garage sale. Total garage sale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the helicopter to come get me, I think, uh, right. would have been right. the issue. But yeah, and, and Trevor, obviously, Trevor's the guy who jumped into Corbett's Cool Water yes, at Jackson Hole, too. Yeah. And, yeah. and so he has done a lot of these, mm -hmm. a lot of these big jumps. It's where do you where do you see this going? Do you have do you have kind of desires for yourself? Are you allowed to say this? Do I have to sign this NDA again? Or how does this work? <laughs> Well, it's just for some of the technologies coming up. That's all. But no, not no. no for the for the you know where where do I see it? I mean, I think it's just always standing up to it's 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 just you know when people come and they they uh, they they have an idea, it's listening. It's listening. And can we do it? And and will our insurance company allow us to do it? <laughs> maybe maybe that's it. But but um, we just recently had this one guy. Come in, and David Trujillo. He's a uh, he's a motocross. He, he was he he broke his back motocross, and he, he, there's like four or five of these guys on a circuit where they travel and they race, and they actually bolt their boots onto the motorcycle and then sit on a motorcycle seat and have this sissy bar that's up over the top of it, and uh, it's 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 absolutely amazing. I mean, people just push them off and they take off. And you know if they fall, the fall the team has to go has, has to go get them. But we built a seat for him, and he's got like this just tiny little pelvis. And I was just watching him ride. You know, he talked about that unwanted movement. When he would make a turn, he could just see his pelvis just slide all over that motorcycle seat. You know, and he had a seat belt up over the top holding him on. You know. And so I said, okay, let's, let's do it. You know, so we did sponsor that. We sponsored that seat for him. And it was a, it was again, a challenge, a challenge because we, I really challenged the carver, the carver and the, and the engineers to um, carve actually both sides of that seat. And so it fit right. What do you mean by back. that carving both sides of the seat? So 
when we took the shape, we used the model bag and we shaped, we basically shaped the seat just exactly how we wanted it in this, in this model bag. And then we scanned it and we carved the top where, where David sits on it. And then we also carved the bottom. So it just fit right into the bike, right on the, right on the shell. And so it really looked like, if you think of like these old Harley Davidson seats, you know, kind of with the, the more tractor rear seat, you know, cause his pelvis is now contained into the seat. And then, and then good support his thighs down onto the foot pegs and then a seat belt of his choice. Um, uh, uh, that locked him in. And that was, that was a really rewarding one too, because this guy just takes off and does wheel stands all over the place, you know, and it's like, he finally, you know, he, you know, cause you can imagine being connected to your bike instead of having your pelvis slide all over. I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he just does, does great with that, but, but technology, Technologies, just just different things coming in. Um, I, the hand cycles have changed so much. Fittings actually got easier for us on hand cycles. The more recumbent they go, um, just because it's a more lay down position. But but I, you know, I, I think it's just it's where it's where people go. You know, we there's there's the uh, the bow riders that are coming out, right? Um, I've got somebody coming in for that's it's it's a powered it's a powered like a four wheeler almost like your bike that you're sitting upright, you're long sitting on it. And these guys are, are racing circuits too. They're coming out and they, they need, they need seats. They're, they're coming out of those. He's pretty beat up. You know? Hold so on now, now describe this. Like, Cause you said bull riders. Bull. And so then I'm thinking somebody is riding a bull. <laughs> it's it's almost is... like that. You know, when you, I watch people strap into some of this stuff and I go, that is like bull riding. It really is. <laughs> a bull rider. It's, it's a, uh, um, it's a bike that's out now that that um it's i don't even think it's a hand cycle i think it's i think it's just a powered um i i'm just learning about it just learning about it but i was watching a couple of videos on it oh wow okay so you've got yeah, so this is so what i'm getting out of that is that one you're saying that the seat and this is kind of what you and i were talking about with the wheelchair is is that the seat is not a seat on top of the apparatus whatever the apparatus is but it's more integrated where you're talking about like with the motorcycle seat yeah, yeah. So, so so let me make one point there you just re really reminded me of something there because because it's the whole problem with wheelchair seating too and my business partner and i this is one of the things that we got together on and brought us together in our partnership is that is that the, the problem with all of this is that the person is thought of last when something built if if you would build the seat first <laughs> and then the product, it'd be it'd be just so much better because seating is always is always you always have to when when you when you're building it, you always have to make modifications and whatever and you know to the seat. And where where like even with this motorcycle, like if the frame would capture him down into the bike more, or you know, if you sat down into the mono ski more, into the frame more, instead of all of a sudden, okay. Now we got to put the person on it. Where we where where do they go? <laughs> so so they put a platform and go, Joe, put a seat on it. I think you remember those days. <laughs> it, it's exactly now. So is this the argument that you have with the with the manufacturers of the sports equipment that hey, it's the seat that goes first, and they're going no 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 it's 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 the mono ski or yeah. it's the it's the wheelchair or whatever, yeah. and you're going, no no. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the, the chicken or the egg. Yep. 
but I truly, I, I do think, I do think that that a lot of things could be solved, and a lot of things, if you if you take into account the person, how does a person sit on this as we're building it? That that would be a that would be a big part of it. So, yeah. Well, that that to me, I mean, it, and the other part of it then is that the person becomes the focal point, the exactly. visual focal point of what's going on, as opposed to the to the apparatus, right? So then exactly. you're not a wheelchair user, you are a person. And it just happens like it's almost like the wheelchair ends up disappearing yes. as a result yep. of the integration here. Yes, that's, that's correct. That's correct. Yes. So um, one of the visions that we had early on was that if you had that shell and you're talking about it, right? And you just bring the wheels to it. Just bring the wheels to it. You know, what's your height? Where do you want to sit? You know, you, you select that in your seating system, not in your, you know, not in the frame. And then I'm trying to build a kitchen that's eight inches thick to fill the space or, or try to make one that's so thin. I can't, I can't make it safe for you to sit on, you right. know? So, so that's, yep. That's, that's, that's what's next. Is that, is that science fiction or is that something <laughs> that's going to happen relatively soon? Well, well, let's just say that if I built all of these things, the person would be first. Person right. would be first. That, that, that's that's. I think the the equipment would sell more. I think everything would be. Um, I, th I think just the experience would be better. Everything would be if if the person if it was built around the person. So, that is super cool. That is that 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 to me. I mean, that appeals to me. Yeah. Well, Formula One, right? I mean, too. I mean, they, that that whole thing. I mean, that is really kind of where I wanted to go. Now I think I'm getting too old to get into Formula One seating, but, but, but um, that, that seating, that seating, when you think of that, 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 where that person is, they have that space locked in before the, before the car is even built. They know exactly where that person's going to be. Well, they even know who's going to be driving it too, but, 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 you know, but they're really identifying and they're really setting that up. So, so, so they know exactly where, where that is. So it's so specific. Yes. But yet, which is, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's such a, it's a bigger question, right? Because so often within, within our world, it's like the person is considered second. You know, that's and right. that's, that's sort of like, and people can talk about the second class citizen of people with disabilities <laughs> And, and okay, do you want to flip that paradigm? Like, this is flipping that paradigm. Let's yes. go to, let's go starting with you. It is exactly. about you. And then yes. we'll just add wheels. So, so effectively, we'd end up becoming Legos in some ways, right? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe very fast Legos, four Gs. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, this yeah. is, this to me is just, is just really cool. I mean, Joe, I thank you for so much of what you're doing for the sports world, for the athletes, for the safety of the athletes, but also for the performance. And then this objective and the perspective that you have, that we start with the, with the person first. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't it be? It, it really should be. It really should be. I don't know if I'll look at the comments later to see if anybody's going to tell you you're wrong, but I don't think you are. I think you're right yeah. on the money. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. No, this is exactly so. the way it should be. So uh, no, thank you so much for doing that. And for, and I know you've had 
I mean, before we get out, get you out of this, you've, you've taken time out of your absolutely crazy schedule because you're building, you're building seats for people. What have you done this week or what do you have to do this week? Yeah. So I have two full complete ski systems, which is absolutely insane for me to take it on because, because uh, typically, typically we have two people doing, doing fittings like that. And um, because it's the Paralympic year, you know, we, we have a, a Paralympic athlete that's in right now. We're doing a full, a full shape capture, new shell, new backrest, abdominal panel, um, and getting him out the door, getting him out the door skiing. And, and, um, and we're, and that's we're, Orlando, right? That's Orlando. Yeah. Orlando, Orlando Perez, who's going to be the first Puerto Rican Paralympic winter Paralympian ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know the challenge, the challenge nowadays too is not just keeping skin safe, but we have to really minimize height. And with with Orlando's, I spent at least two hours today just really dialing his cushion in so he has he has minimal minimal um, height in inside of that shell because that that's that's really critical for for performance. Okay. We've got that going on, and then the other one, the other one I just wrapped up wrapped up last night. So. But, yeah, when I get done here, I get to jump in the plaster room and uh, modify modify a full leg cover. So, so you can come over for the the after party. The after party, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I can, yeah, I I'll be there in eight hours. Okay, eight hours. All right. Yeah, unless I can get a flight, maybe then it'd be quicker. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Exactly. But Joe, thank you so much for taking the time out of such a busy week, getting people to the Paralympics and answering the phone for them when they call and say. Can you get it done tomorrow? <laughs> I need to get out of here. Yeah, right. Right. My pleasure. My pleasure, Chris. It's it's a it's a really fun topic. It's a fun topic. And you know, when you mentioned it back a ways, I I uh, I was thinking about it. At first I went, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. And then I was like, well, there's a message in there. There's a good message. So so because I I have seen a lot. I have seen a lot with with going through the years. So so thanks for letting me think about it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to stalk you. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's a great story. I can't believe he got in the truck. That's what I can't. Yeah, and that he didn't press charges or something. Yeah. No, he just keeps coming back. It's good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is yeah. absolutely wonderful. Well, we will let you get back to work. But thank you again for everything you're doing, and thank you, thank you for your friendship, and thank you for yes. all you've done for me as Pleasure. well. Pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure being part of the community. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. You're a big part of the community. And All I will right. come back and visit. We'll I'll come back with some crazy ideas. So uh yeah, we'll August. It. August. You gotta you gotta I'm gonna send you some dates. We're we're potentially gonna put a ride expo on here, an adaptive sports expo. But if I if I can get it, I'm, I'm trying to put that together, but I have to get the ski season out of the way so I have some time. So but that'll be in August. Okay. So. All good. right, send me those dates. That would be fun. Okay, so we'll good. definitely do it. Sounds this good. will be perfect. Okay. Well, wonderful. Have a great day, Joe. Thank you to all of you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed the talk with Joe. Again, the greatest gift you can give us is to follow us, to like us, to tell your friends. This will be published as a traditional podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all those places. Please share it. Please tell your friends. Please follow. Please like. Uh, and we'll have great, we'll have another great one again next week. So thanks again, Joe. Okay. Good luck. See you, Chris. Yeah. Work hard. Thanks. I don't need to tell you that. You're always working hard. <laughs> okay. See you, my friend. See you. Take care. Bye.